And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Stars Matter, a recruiting podcast from The Athletic. I'm Mitch Light, joined as always by Ari Wasserman, our national recruiting writer and a very busy man. Very busy uh, podcasting, it seems like, Ari. Glad you could uh, make some time for us today. Yeah. Um, before we started the show, uh, I had to tell Mitch what Montecito was. That's why yeah. we're late. Just We were supposed to start at 1245, but Mitch didn't know what Montecito was. So Evidently, it's I'd, a town in Santa Barbara, which near Santa Barbara, which I should have known yes. what it was. Is and, La- and, and from a recruiting geography Lompoc? standpoint, is it you your should L- know. Lompoc or Lompoc? Do you um, know I don't know what that means. Okay. Maybe well, I maybe it's a place near a Santa Barbara. <laughs> it's a place near Santa Barbara, evidently. One of my friends is from Lompoc. But was like, there's like a federal prison there too, so maybe it's not the nicest place. Was he incarcerated? No, his dad was in the military. I think it was oh. a military base there too. He might be incarcerated now. I haven't talked to him in a few years. Uh, but good guy. Well, um, one day we'll talk about some of the crazy stuff that you went through, like when you got robbed at gunpoint. I think that, that we need to talk about that on the podcast at some point. Okay. Be happy to too. I'd be happy to talk about that. That's um, a life experience. Yeah, it was definitely a life experience. Um, all right, refocused here. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, all right, we, we're going to talk about some five-star quarterbacks, some some big news. Well, not some mm-hmm. big news, some news out there, s- s- some rumors, some talk. You talked to the coach of a five-star quarterback. Sounds like he's your new best friend. You know, you guys talk for 20, 30 minutes. We'll get into that in a few minutes. Um, we're going to talk about a program that is – has been recruiting very well, but has not been doing a good job at keeping its recruits, which is kind of a problem. Uh, we'll run down some recent commitments, and this is going to be my. I'm going to. I'm teasing this by saying I'm confident it will be the my favorite segment we've ever done in the about six or seven month lifespan of Stars Matter. We're going to do a mock press conference where Ari plays the role of several head coaches and I'm going to be the journalist and ask him recruiting questions and then Ari as the coach is going to respond. I hope you yeah. I hope you know we're doing that, Ari. Are you gonna be critical of my coaching? And like just, am I so hey when you go to a press conference you don't know what people are gonna ask. Well you I know, but to, I, I you know. wanna know like the point of it is for me to to provide an answer that is sufficient to the media or is it to be funny? Okay, we'll get to that when we get to yeah, it. We'll get to I, that. And then um we're going to have some, a few mailbag questions and, of course, trivia. Uh, but first, a couple notes on some five stars, Ari. Uh, we, we had a segment a few weeks ago where I we, we each talked about our kind of the most intriguing prospect in the country, the, the, a guy that we were could not wait to see where he went just because how it would alter the landscape. And mine was Dante Moore, the five-star quarterback out of Detroit. Mm-hmm. He was at Notre Dame for two days this week, and it – Looks like the Irish are emerging as the team to beat, which would be a huge – it'd be huge for Michigan. Michigan State, I think, is in the mix. LSU, Miami, a lot of schools, obviously, after a five-star quarterback. One more guy. I'll, I'll mention another guy, then you can chime in. Eli Holstein, former Texas A&M commit from right outside of Baton Rouge. Spent some time in at Alabama this week, and then – you can get into this too. You spent some time on the phone 
with Arch Manning's head coach at Newman High School, mm-hmm. or the Newman School in Louisiana, and have a story on the athletic. Really interesting story. You know, most of the stuff we write about recruits is about the recruit. Yours is kind of the coach and his role in this recruitment. So first start with the Dante Moore uh, news. It's not really news, but the fact that it looks like Notre Dame might be the team to beat. Yeah, I think the, the Dante Moore thing is interesting because he is a Detroit area prospect, and it seems like he's doing a Detroit area recruitment. Like if you look at the teams that are most involved, you've got LSU, which is out of the territory, but Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, and Penn State are the the players that are you know really um, driving his recruitment. So you know he's a top seven. I was he number six overall in the country, which I I think is you know, the type of prospect that you could really build around. And, of course, the fact that that he's, you know, located in the city of Detroit makes him an invaluable target for a place like Michigan or Michigan State, especially Michigan, who, you know, as we all know, got over the hump last year, beat Ohio State, and made it to the college football playoff for for the first time. When you talk about taking that next step, Mitch, what do you think? You think about winning a playoff game and beating Ohio State again and doing – and doing what they did on a more regular basis. And, you know, what do you need at this level in order to accomplish that? How about a five-star quarterback from Detroit? And it's like, if that kid goes to Notre Dame. Number six, by the way, overall. Yeah. three. I mean, that's that's kind of a, a huge thing. And as we all know, and part of the conversation that we're going to have today is just the dominoes and how those fall. And if this kid goes to Notre Dame, which it seems like he might be right now, is that weird to say? Like, it, it seems like... Notre Dame if you're driving a betting the bus. man, which I know you are a betting man, mm-hmm. I would put the money on Notre Dame. But yeah, and, and still, things still in recruiting are always very cyclical. You know, he was just at Notre Dame, right? Uh, you know, of course they're on fire because he just left South Bend. But you know, Notre Dame has done a very, very good job of recruiting quarterbacks in the past few years. I mean, Tyler Buckner's there, and you know, I think he's going to be the heir apparent, or you know, maybe even the starter this year. Um, without knowing Notre Dame's death chart on the back of my hand, he, he got some playing time a year ago. But but, um, but let me chime in because you've said they've recruited quarterbacks well recently, but th- in this kind of rebirth of Notre Dame over the last five years, they have not really gotten great quarterback play. They, they've had – Oh, yeah, sure. They've had decent quarterback play. Ian Book was a solid college quarterback, but not I mean, a Jack national – Jack Cohen is not champ- what you yeah, want. Not a yeah. national championship caliber. So this is a guy that could take Notre Dame, complement the rest of their roster because – Number Right now, Notre Dame is number one in the 2023 rankings. And this is not a, oh, they've got the most commitments, that's why they're up there. That's legitimate. That helps. They, their average player rating, 94.77. You know what, who's had an average player rating of 94.77 last in year? In this year's class or last Texas, year? Texas A&M. That it's was the it. same as yeah. a- a- A&M's class last year. So and this is a, this a, is a legit class. You do need to have... I mean, it's really hard to have a 94.77 average when you have a full class. Right, but they've it's got just, nine. It's, it's a good illustration of how great their start is, and if they could add Dante Moore to the equation. I mean, this will be a fun little game, Mitch. Dante Moore's a 9.970, by the way. LSU, Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, and Penn State, which team needs him the most and like rank them? I think you could say that Penn State needs him the least because they just got Drew Aller last year, Michigan and they're the, the furthest away. But LSU has a new coach, and they're – you know, trying to make sure that they don't, you know, have a huge step back as a program. Michigan, the kids in Detroit, Michigan State, for the very same reason, in Detroit. And when's the last time Michigan State signed a five-star quarterback? I'd probably venture to guess that it's never happened. Uh, Notre Dame, under a new coach that wants to prove that it can recruit at a high level. Um, and, you know, basically speaking, Indiana doesn't have very many players in it, so Michigan and Ohio are Notre Dame's home, you know, territories. Um, and then Penn State, I think, is just a little bit removed, and they just signed a very, very good player. So, 
you know, all of these guys. I mean, I, I was trying to get this kid on the phone because he's he's a very interesting player, and and in a lot of these geographical you know breakdowns or, or battles, you know, a, a player can mean very much to multiple schools for the very same reasons, and it looks like. You know, all four of these, you know, LSU, Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame are all kind of similar in the sense of like what that would mean symbolically. Yeah, I, I think I I, ch- I chimed in Michigan. I think because he's an in-state recruit, what, you know, 20, 30 minutes from campus, that he means from a symbolic standpoint, you know, what it means, I think he's the means the most to Michigan. Now they've got some good young quarterbacks, obviously J.J. McCarthy. I think from a football standpoint, like – who needs a great quarterback in the very near future? I think it's more Notre Dame or possibly LSU from a mm-hmm. football, you know. So LSU, we got I just mentioned Eli Holstein. Kid, he's not a five star, but I know people love the, the kid. He's from right outside of Baton Rouge, but maybe he could be going, you know, he was in Alabama last week, so who knows? It's just like you always talk about location, location, location. So, you know, Dante Moore should go to Michigan, Eli Holston should go to um LSU, then those two programs have their quarterback. You know, Michigan State, obviously, it would mean a ton, but they're just – the expectations of Michigan State signing in-state five-star aren't – because, like you mentioned, don't think they ever have, aren't the same as Michigan doing so. Maybe that's not fair to Michigan State, but that's just kind of the landscape. Well, it's like the other thing, too, that you, you see a lot in the mailbag questions is Team X just had a really good year. What's that going to mean for their recruiting output the following year? It's like if Michigan can't beat Ohio State and go to the playoff and then sign a five-star quarterback out of Detroit, it's like, what the hell are we even doing? You know, and I know that everybody's a different thing, but like Michigan has had very good players in the state who have not ended up at Michigan during a pattern of uh, of results in the last five years, and it's just like you don't want to do that with a quarterback. So, and also, too, Ohio State homer here, but Ohio State is usually very much in the mix for top-level Detroit players. And Ohio State's done a very good job in Detroit since the beginning of the Urban Meyer era. And it's like they actually have a five-star quarterback who is not being intimately recruited by Ohio State in Detroit. That's like, and then they're going to lose to Notre Dame. Like, that would be really, really difficult. So I'm very curious to see what... The optics of that aren't great. Yeah, it's like Ohio State's not even involved this time. You know what I mean? So go get him, you know? And, um, you know, maybe they will. I, I don't know where how this is going to pan out, but it seems to me that Notre Dame is, is very much in the driver's seat here. And good for them because, like, Marcus Freeman, the whole thing with him is he's a more likable coach and a more down-to-earth guy who's more obsessed with recruiting than, than Brian Kelly was and is. And if he's going to be the difference maker that gets classes at Notre Dame that's going to help them win a playoff game, not make the playoff, but win one, it's going to be with guys like this, a quarterback. It's like, what? who was their starting quarterback when they played Alabama two years ago? Was it Ian Book? Yeah. So like that, that's imagine a five-star NFL NFL draft pick there. And I know Ian books on the saints, funny Ian book story. I bet uh, that he would throw an interception in his first career start in the NFL Yep. and he threw it on his first pass. So it was over. Like I didn't even have to watch the game. Like I hit the <laughs> bet like five seconds into it, but like that, that's a huge difference maker. And if you look at like that, I love Georgia for confirming my stars matter thing. But I hate them because a walk-on quarterback won yeah, a national championship. It's kind of like a it's like a double whammy there. But it's like if you go look at the the vast majority of the teams that are competing to win a national championship, they all have one thing in common, and that's a elite level quarterback that's going to be in the NFL one day. So, you know, very important prospect. And like when we did the big board where we, you know, ranked the top ten players in, in order of importance, you know, Arch Manning was clearly number one for me because he's Arch Manning. But I think there was a very strong case for Dante Moore to be number one. Yeah. I agree. Um, like if Arch Manning's name was Arch Light, he wouldn't even be in the top six, I think. 
Well, I'm actually, offended. he'd be the number one overall. Well, yeah, the number one player overall would still make it, but you yeah. you get it. His name is is, Point is of great weight. Yep. Um. All right, let's talk little Arch. You mm-hmm. talked to his high school coach at, at Manning. At, I mean, excuse me, at the Newman School in New Orleans, and kind of had an interesting takeaway from the conversation. Uh, once you you can tease the story, it's up on the at theathletic.com today. Um, but uh, yeah, t- talk about your conversation with the coach. It was it was interesting. Yeah, I uh, we try as a team. Mitch is my editor. If you don't know that by now, um, but we try to be different. You know, like everybody's writing Arch Manning stories, and he's visiting here, and where's he going here? And it's just like. You know, if the kid is not going to talk to the media, which is kind of the point of the story, it's like, then what are we going to write about? You know, so I called the coach and I just had a frank conversation with him about his role in, in the recruitment. And, you know, in 2022, where all these kids have uh, Twitter profiles and open messages and, and you know, are accessible through social media, like many of the college coaches and recruiters have gotten to a point in time where they rely less and less on on the head coach. And they can get a direct line to the prospects and call their families and talk to them without ever. The word you used in your story was circumvent, circumvent. coach, which twenty years ago was not possible. Yeah, or if you did that, it was offensive. Yeah, Um, and now it's kind of like I've been to a thousand high schools for my job in the past five years, and no, you you know most. Yeah, I have. You've not been to a thousand. Yeah. Okay, I want you to name them after the podcast. Okay, we'll 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 do it after that. We'll take that Um, off air. I've been to a lot of high schools. That's a lot. A thousand yeah. high schools is a lot. I was just, I just saying tra- it as an expression. I could slap you sometimes. Um, I do think that a lot of the coaches are saying, hey, you know, I haven't met this coach or I haven't met this recruiter. Or I'm not that involved. And it's like, wow, that's really surprising. Because if I were a college recruiter, I would certainly love love on the head coach there because he's with him every day guiding him. You know, it's, and it strikes me as weird when people kind of go past him. But in this scenario, they're so insistent on shielding arch manning from all the bullshit that comes with being a number one prospect that he is running point he's talking to the coaches he's he's planning the visitors who are coming in um, he's talking to the family and it's kind of running the show and i kind of wrote a little bit about what that means for him and, and kind of what it means for arch manning's recruitment and i thought it was a pretty nice secondary viewpoint on like the way that arch manning and his crew are running things and it's it's certainly nothing like most players who are ranked like this. So I think that you have to also take into account that he comes from a family that has had a vast experience of high level football. Obviously he's got two hall of fame, you know, uncles who played quarterback at the highest level and won multiple super bowls. Um, But it's just very different from the photo shoots and the top fives and the teases of the announcement and interviews and all this stuff. It's like, it's like you can't even talk to the kid. Um, So I encourage people to go check it out. An interesting quote was that, uh, Coach went to Cooper, his dad, and said, how do you want this to play out? Like, maybe it was a year or two ago. And he's like, "I want Cooper's like, I want it to be like an 80s or a 90s style recruitment. Like, an old school recruitment was the term you used. And that's kind of what it is. It's and if you pay school. attention, too, because, like, he hasn't given out any top fives. And I think every week it's like, where's Arch Manning going to go? Um, you're not, not all you need to know is go to, the, go to, go to your, your mailbag. And the questions, there's tons of people out there who know where he's where going. Is he, where is he going to go? Yeah. yeah, everybody has an idea like of where going, he's going. This guy says people, he's going to Georgia. This one says he's going to Alabama. I think people in Texas, Texas like have already thought that he's going to Texas, which I think I would pump the brakes. But you're not going to get like an official top five. He's not going to cut his list. None of that's going to happen. What you need to do is you need to read the tea leaves. Where is he spending the most time? Where is he going? Where is he returning to? And, and when you can – you know, follow that. It's based on the the actions, not the words. 
And if you've noticed the way that he's taking visits, he's taking visits for camp and then he's taking visits for fall camp, then, then games and spring and practice. And every single time he takes a multi-day visit to a Georgia or an Alabama or a Texas or even an Ole Miss, he's going during a different part of the calendar in order to get a real sense of what it's like at that program year-round. So he's doing his due diligence in terms of what is uh, you know, a fit there. And somebody else asked, well, what is NIL going to do to to persuade him? And I don't think that it's going to at all. He's in a very fortunate position financially and you know, with his upbringing and the exposure to his uncles to – to not have to rely on that. And I do think that like this is a pure football decision, and it's a very high-profile one because everybody's going to judge who gets him as the, the gold standard of where a quarterback would want to play. But, I mean, listen to who, who he's, he's really considering, you know? I mean, it's going to be a it's going to be a very interesting dynamic, and he could commit in, in April or he could commit in December. We don't we don't know that, but it's, it's going to be a, a very interesting recruitment to – try to track from outside. You're not going to hear from him a lot. And if you're kind of interested in how they're running things and how they're doing it, I encourage you to go read the story on The Athletic. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, there was one bit of information about his choices because, you know, he has spoken, he'll speak on occasion, and the general thinking was that Georgia, Alabama, Ole Miss, and Texas were the top four schools, but his coach said that Brian Kelly and LSU have done a great job of reintroducing LSU in the, into the mm-hmm. equation, and I think the quote was, Billy Napier is great at Florida, so he's going to go check out Florida, so... Yeah, sure, for a while it looked like he was down to four, but now maybe he's down to six, and Clemson was in the mix at one point, supposedly not in the mix, so it's a, it's a, it, it's a very fluid situation. A um, couple of commitments, again, that, you know, Ari, we talked offline about the other day when, when we think commitments will really start to heat up, and probably not until camps maybe early summer, but there's obviously still some commits. This one was interesting to me. Uh, Utah got a quarterback commit, Mac Howard, from Oxford, Mississippi, um, Number 223, it's interesting that number 13 in the composite, but number 45 quarterback by 247 Sports. So I don't know if this kid hasn't been evaluated by a lot of people yet, but does not show an Ole Miss or a Mississippi State offer from Oxford, Mississippi, which is obviously very interesting, and offers from Cincinnati, Houston, and Louisville. So he is going to Utah. Miami got commitments from twins Bobby and Robbie, Washington, so... I assume their real names are Bobby and Robbie, that they're both not named Robert Washington because that would be very confusing. Uh, Bobby's a three-star linebacker. Robbie, a four-star athlete, a top 200 player. This happened just after we recorded last week. LSU got a big commitment. Mac Markway, a tight end from St. Louis, um, number 100 player, 
Robert Steeples, the LSU new cornerbacks coach, coached at his high school a couple of years ago, so there was a tie there. And then Michigan got a uh, running back commitment, their second running back in the class from Benjamin Hall, an unranked running back from North Cobb High School in Georgia. Um, you know, obviously interesting when a program like Michigan gets a running back commit from an unranked kid, but you know, may, again, maybe hasn't been evaluated yet. Could blow it camp, blow up at camps this year. So, um, to me, the interesting was Utah going into Mississippi and getting a quarterback. Yeah, and like a top three hundred player is a top three hundred player. You know, you said he was thirteenth on on the list of quarterbacks. Yeah, in the composite. You know, we always talk about so much, and it's like maybe I'll try to call that kid and write a story about that. You can put it on smart sheets, but like. We always think about geography um, as a main tenant of of why these kids are picking where they're going and all the things that they're doing. And it's just like, what is the more random like place to go to from Mississippi than Utah? Like, I'm like thinking like if you got recruited from Cleveland to Hawaii, like what what are like to me that's a pretty dramatic change. Yes, like culturally, right? Like what? Very much so. I've, I've been to City. Oxford. Been I've been to, been to Utah. Lake? Yeah, I've been to Salt. You've been to Salt Lake. I've been to Oxford. You know. Like so. try to come up with one. Like what? What is a more shocking geographical thing than that? Like Miami to Laramie, like <laughs> Bayonne, New Jersey to Provo, Utah. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. But like that's that's what's the interesting thing about recruiting, man. Like you got guys who are, you know, finding players everywhere and, and going out and getting them, you know, and you know, hey, if you, you look know, at Utah Mac lost Howard, the, Utah lost the game, but. That was one of the most entertaining bowl games in the last three or four or five years. The, the Rose Bowl against Ohio State. That that you know, I'm not saying that Mark Howard's Mac Howard is going to Utah because of that game, but that does not hurt Utah's visibility. I just followed him on Instagram. I'm coming for him. I uh, <laughs> I uh, I think this is interesting. You know. Okay. Good. And to, to number two twenty three. Um, but you see, his is uh, if I, I I tried to dive in a little bit more. But his offers I, I list. If he, well, his offer list was like Cincinnati, Houston, Louisville, but I think he's the number forty-five quarterback by the by just the two four seven sports, and he is uh, ninth in Mississippi. Yeah, yeah, so it's just you know, hey, you'll do some reporting, you'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, but it just it is kind of a fascinating thing because we talk so much about like what are the two programs in the Power Five, or I guess maybe not Power Five, but even in the independent that have a disadvantage from the culture of their school. And I think that BYU and Notre Dame would probably be the top two because in, in BYU, the runaway number one, because yes. the cultural differences between most players that are recruiting and the way things go at that school are so stark. But like cultural differences isn't necessarily just about what the school is like. It's where it is. And I just like I've been to Mississippi and I've been to Salt Lake City. And it's just like those are two very different places. And I would like to delve into that a little bit. I think that's an interesting discussion. Glad I brought it up. All right, we've talked about this in the past. Maryland, they've recruited pretty well the last couple of years. Signed some good players. But this past week, Damian Robinson, 2021 four-star linebacker, is transferring. Their top three recruits from the 2021 class, Terrence Lewis, number 21, Robinson, number 68 nationally, and then Brandon Jennings, number 108, all linebackers, all transferred. All right, stars matter. But stars don't matter when you can't keep stars on your roster. I don't know what's going on there, bud. That sucks. Yeah. Like my state of the program, I wrote the Maryland state of the program last year for the athletic where we dove deep into the program. It's like, 
yeah, they're not very good right now, but boy, are they going to be good in a few years because they're elevating their talent. It's like, well, maybe not. Maybe not. You know, and it's just, it's, it, I think it's kind of a microcosm of where the entire sport's going to go because now that players can move freely and can take chances and join rosters and, you know, move across the country with very little attaching them with no, you know, because anybody can just wake up one morning and go, you know what, I'm going to go back home. You know, it, it's going to be hard. It's interesting because national recruiting is such a focal point for so many programs, but national recruiting to keep these kids there is going to be even harder because there's always going to be the pool of, hey, you know what, I can go back to Florida or Texas or Arizona or wherever I'm from the the year after if I don't like the fit. And, you know, it kind of takes the the emphasis away of of how hard of a decision that actually is to a kid. You know, I mean, like – your son just went through it, right? Like how hard was it for him to pick where he wanted to go to school? And if you could have just said, you know what, Gabe, you can go to wherever you're going. And then when you're done, you can come back next year and be in Nashville. And, you know, I guess maybe a a regular student can do it more, but like, you don't make that decision with the thought process of, of, um, of leaving. So, you know, like with Maryland, well, let me, let me ask you this. Are they recruiting the wrong type of kids? Maybe I'm overgeneralizing, but Brandon Jennings was committed to Florida State, flipped to Michigan, and then on signing day, flipped to um, Maryland. Terrence Lewis was committed to Tennessee, decommitted, flipped to Maryland. Am I am I oversimplifying? Uh, I mean, I guess getting a kid who flips late uh, – there's a lot of kids who flip and do, who don't transfer, so maybe yeah, yeah. That there's a lot sense. of kids who flip and don't transfer, but also if your five best players in your class are all late flips, because didn't even didn't Rakim Jarrett flip late too? Yes, from LSU on signing. So day. like it's like I feel like not only does Maryland do a very good job of flipping guys late, but it's like their seven best signees <laughs> in the past three years were all like signing day flips. I don't know if it is an, uh, a thing that says what kind of kid is it. I think it's like the circumstance of the uh, of the of the recruitment that shows you a willingness to make a change late at the eleventh hour, which might make it more likely to transfer. Does that make sense? I don't think it's bad when kids flip. I think people get angry and they feel like commitment doesn't mean anything, and it's a very interesting thing that people like to debate about. But like, would you want to would you want to build your entire roster out of kids who flipped on signing day? Should be some red flags. It's sort of like it doesn't happen as much in high school football, I don't think, but there's some high school basketball players that seem to switch high schools every year and, you know, they sign with a school or decommit. It just seems some red flags there. So just something to watch Maryland going forward. Um, Obviously not good. They're all at the same position too, which, which hurts the depth there. All right, someone asked you, Chris M. asked you a question in your mailbag that we ran on Tuesday. Um, do you think some coaches like the since fired Dan Mullen or Jimmy Lake were reticent? Good word there, Chris, to talk about recruiting because they didn't want to it to look like they were throwing their own guys under the bus. You took this question in an interesting way, turn, which you do sometimes, and you had a fake press conference question for Jimmy Lake, and then you answered it. So we're gonna. I, I don't know if this is going to be like this. Obviously, won't be a weekly segment, but we we need to make this a segment. Maybe once a month, we're going to have uh, mock press conferences with Ari Wasser, Coach Ari Wasserman. So I'm going to ask you. I'm going to tell you what coach you are, and I'm going to ask you a question for each coach, and you're going to answer it. Right now, you're but Jimmy. You got to tell me, but you got to tell me what my goal is. Is my goal to 
to you're gonna approach it no, in a way that is is accountable and in and like, um same approach you took in the mailbag okay okay so like the way that you should answer it to make the point that you're aware of the problem that you yes. respect how much recruiting matters and uh you know kind of an acceptable answer that people can kind of you know appreciate yeah. during a tough time got it okay coach can i call you jimmy or do i need to call you coach call Lee? me jimmy Okay. Hey, Jimmy, you guys had three five-star prospects in the Seattle area this past class, and you came away with only one of them, and that one player was a legacy, uh, quarterback Sam Heward. How do you feel like you and your staff did on that front? Obviously, uh, recruiting uh, at a high level is of utmost importance to my program. Um, I understand that you know we are in a position where we are kind of transitioning, and where we are coming from is – you know, a place that high level talent is, is necessary. And though I believe in every single one of those kids that we brought in, and I believe that we're going to reach our goal. I also understand that, you know, it's not only about the players that you bring in, but it's also about the players that you miss. And when we are in an unlikely scenario where we have three top 10 players nationally in the city of Seattle, and we only come away with one that we're not doing our job as a staff in order to, to elevate that talent level the way that we would like to here. We have a long-term goal of winning the Pac-12 and playing for a Rose Bowl and maybe even more. I believe that it's possible as Washington's one of the best institutions in the country, and I wouldn't be working here if I didn't. But I would also be doing my my job and my my fans and my staff a disservice if I didn't demand more when there's there's an opportunity to do so. So, you know, it's not you know we take great pride in uh, you know developing players. We've had draft picks from guys that were less uh, recruited, and you know we've run quite a bit of games at Washington over the course of the past 10 years. And I believe that we've built a program that um, can probably stand on its two legs uh, against anybody in this conference. But at Washington, we're striving to be great and to be great. We have to have a certain caliber of player. And that means when we have opportunities to get them and they're close by that we need to do it. And I appreciate and accept that it's my responsibility to do so. And I take ownership in the fact that we weren't able to do that. And I want you guys to know that it's my job and my thought process every single day to be better at that position. And I respect the importance of recruiting um, the same way that you guys do it. And I'm keenly aware of where we fell short. Okay. Your coach, Dan Mullen. Is that acceptable though? You got to give me a passing grade. Like do, do fans run, run with that and say, I get that. Yeah. I, I mean, get is that. that so much more effective than, who cares about stars? Uh, we develop NFL players guys. Greatly. Tell me, NFL guys love me because I develop guys. But like, like accountability and ownership yeah. and understanding of what it takes at your position is far more valuable than acting like it doesn't matter, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. All right, I'm Dan okay. Mullen. You're Dan Mullen. Hey, Dan, uh, you're regarded as um, excellent offensive coach. Offenses at Mississippi State, Florida, usually pretty good. But do you think your recruiting results need to improve at Florida to be a consistent threat to win the SEC and compete for national titles? I don't believe that stars are the only metric that matter when it comes to, to recruiting at a high level. But I will tell you one thing. Before I took this job at Florida, I did a very deep study about what it took to win multiple national championships here during the Urban Meyer era. And there was one common denominator. They also coincided with some of the greatest recruiting classes signed in the history of the program. I believe in every single one of the players that we have in our roster, and I wouldn't bring in anybody that I didn't think was a very good player. That said, we are in a very competitive state in the state of Florida. We play in the toughest division in college football, and there needs to be a certain level of draft picks and talent on this roster in order to compete the way that Florida fans expect us to. Um, we have been involved in many battles with top-tier players, and unfortunately, we've come up short in far too many of them. Um, in order for me to be successful in the way that you know a Florida fan would suggest is successful based on the standard that is set at this program, I don't believe that my results on the recruiting realm are as good as they should be or could be. 
Um, that said, we have a nucleus of, of of talent on this roster that I believe will be competitive in every game. Um, we love our kids very much, and I will let you know that it's always about uh, what comes next as well as what we have on our roster. And what comes next will be the main focus of me and my staff and, and hoping that we can win some more of the battles that we've been engaged in in the past. Good answer. One more for you. Coach Kirby Smart. Kirby, what's been the key to your program's emergence as a national power in the past few years? We've got better players than everybody. Good answer. Okay. I mean, that's literally <laughs> what he said. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I threw that one in there. So you know, I it's think- like funny because it, the Kirby answer is what I believe led to Dan Mullen being fired. Yeah. Like, I oh, mean, yeah, that's what started this whole through, discussion. Yeah. Florida so writers reacted off didn't of that. He say, didn't he say, I don't care how good of a coach you are, you can't out-coach talent? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So It's very, very basic so fundamental did you, understanding. Did you like the, being a coach there? I do, yeah. I feel like um, I've thought about this a lot, too, as your a Your answers were a little long. I would say yeah. your, your, your media relations guy would probably pull you aside and say you can be a little more succinct with mm-hmm. what you need to say. But actually, but I, I wouldn't have an editor. Like, I mean, coaches ramble all the time. I mean, have you ever like listened yeah, to a Jim Trestle press conference? They're media relations people, you know. I'm, they're not telling Nick Saban how to answer questions, but at most schools, they're yeah. they're saying, "Hey, here's what you need to hear." Some talking. I points just wanted here. to make sure that I like hit on all the topics that I always yell about all the time. Yeah, because like it's just like so much easier to take accountability and recognize and, and take ownership of the importance of that, and and the idea of kind of trying to discount it when everybody on the earth knows it's the most important thing is just moronic to me. And I don't think that it is a, and I know Jimmy Lake had some other stuff that happened uh, at Washington that led to his demise. Read but Christian I don't think Cable's it's, story today, by the way. Great yeah. job. Yeah, Christian Cable's killing it, by the way, on all that stuff. It's been a very difficult uh, time to cover Washington, and I thought he's done a tremendous job. So if you're a Washington fan, you know what you have not, in common with Christian? We're both very handsome. That and? We have a moderately attractive editor. There you go. Perfect. Um, so. I do think that. Uh, you know, it. I, I've thought about this a lot, Mitch, because as a beat writer, you know, you do interview a lot of players and coaches, and like there is this thing in college football where everything is buttoned up. Everybody says the the cliche, or you know, we respect our opponent. Everyone's on scholarship. Uh, anybody can beat anybody at any given Saturday. All this bullshit. But I feel like if I were a player, I would be the type of player that would just be entertaining. Like if I were like a Georgia football player and I were playing Vanderbilt. And the spread was 36 points and like a coach or I mean, a reporter asked me, so what do you think uh, Vanderbilt poses from a a threat standpoint in this game plan? I'd be like, bro, I'm not even going to be in the game in the second quarter. We're going to be we're going to kick the shit out of them. And it's going to be and it's like, why is that not like why aren't there people like that? Is it disrespectful to want to win? Is it disrespectful to be honest? Have you ever played in a pickup basketball game at a local lifetime fitness? People talk shit all the time. Why why can't we like just be ourselves and answer questions and be real when it when it presents itself? I feel like the sport would be far more entertaining that way. This wasn't a public comment and, and I don't know if this is true, uh, but David Pollock, when he played at Georgia, evidently was hurt hurting had an injury before a Vanderbilt Georgia game. It was a bad Vanderbilt team and, and one of the Georgia media people told someone I know that they expected Pollock to play because he wanted to play so he could like pick up a bunch of stats in that game. So I think he played that. I don't know if he had any sacks that game, but it's funny how you know you wouldn't think that guys would think that way um, to, to playing games where they could have big games there. So, but uh, you know why people aren't going to say that stuff? I mean, why? What if they lose? 
then after the game, you go like, I cannot believe we freaking lost that game. We're much. Like, what, what do you mean? What if they yeah. lose? It's, we're not talking about life and death here. It's a football it, game. It's SEC football, Ari. It just means more. You know that. Okay. How many times would they a thirty-six point favorite have to play a game to lose? Like one out of every one thousand. Why can't you that, just be I like? Think. Why can't people be honest? I just don't. I don't get it. You know how many okay. press conferences on Monday I had to sit through at Ohio State covering them where they were playing right. Florida A and M or 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 Rutgers or whatever, and they were 60-point favorites, and I had to hear the head coach talk about how good they were for 20 minutes. You know how many blocks of 20 minutes I wish I could get back where the final score is 59 to nothing on Saturday? It's like, why why do we have to be nice to everybody all the time? Didn't Ryan Day kind of say something last year? Listening to you and Landis on the Ohio State podcast where he basically said without saying, well, We'll, we'll know more like uh, in a month, like basically admitting that the next three teams that are playing weren't any good and they, they weren't going to find anything out about their team. I thought that was actually sort of an honest, uncoach-like thing that you usually don't hear. Does that ring a bell? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That I don't think it was specifically like the quarterback. One single greatest quote I ever heard. This was when I was covering Ohio State again, but I didn't know FAU was playing at Ohio State as a season opener one year. Like three years ago, right? This is three or four years ago, and Lane Kevin was still the head coach at FAU, yeah, yeah. and they asked him, what's it like to play at Ohio Stadium? And the guy said, I don't know. What's it like to play in a recess game where the other team gets 85 of the first picks? Yeah. And it's just like, that was a hilarious quote, and it was true, and nobody died, and everybody respects it, and it's true. And it's just like, why Why does Lane Kiffin have to be the only person that can ever speak the truth? Right. His players of- know it. Like People are like, oh, why would he say that to his players? Yeah, they, yeah, they know it. I mean, if you like put me up against like the five best sports writers in America and say, why aren't you performing like that? And you said, well, it's because they're better than you. would be like, I know. <laughs> like, it's like, why do we have to like walk around and act like like I can write like Chuck Culpepper or the Washington Post? Like, come on. Like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a rational adult. <laughs> I feel like I'm I am what I am. I'm proud of my work, but I'm not I don't write like an angel. So like I doesn't. <laughs> Like, we always have to, like, tippy-toe around everything. It's like, just, like, cut the bullshit, and, and, and let's be honest. It's a sport. It's Amen. entertainment. People Amen. are buying tickets to watch games and to be entertained. Why do you think boxing matches are – people pay $100 to watch boxing matches because they get into the shit-talking the night before. People like the stories in the in the in the – and the you know I know this is not a recruiting question, but, like, if I was a recruit and people were asking me a question of, like, why do you like about Michigan – I'd be like, you know, it's an awesome stadium, but frankly, you know, it just doesn't get loud enough. And I'm surprised for as big of a stadium it is. Or like, what about Ohio Stadium? All the rich people get the best seats in Ohio Stadium. And it'd be nice, better atmosphere if they had a more of an SEC like. I mean, why can't people talk like that? I don't. I just don't get it. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, let's go to the mailbag. Got some questions. Um, here's a program this we is what ta- happens when you like open me up too much. No, that's good stuff. I agree. I mean, you know the answer why people I mean, just... Because they're embarrassed, because they're ashamed, because people on Twitter are going to be like, oh my God, how people could he? What about diplomatic and they show, like, like, they like to show respect. Okay. It's a competition, bud. Okay. All right. Program we don't talk about much. And here's a question. I don't think we really have the answer to this question, but I want to point some good things out that Louisville's doing. I'm a Louisville fan from Will F. Will Farrell, maybe? No, Will Farrell's a USC fan. So uh, I'm a Louisville fan. In the 2023 class is taking me by surprise. After a 21 disappointing season, Satterfield, Scott Satterfield, their coach, has gotten commitments from Pierce Clarkson and Jaleel McLean, QB and wide receiver from St. John Bosco in California. Not exactly a Louisville recruiting hotbed. It seems like Louisville is even in the running for a couple other top 300 recruits as well. Any idea what's going on? And we kind of talked about this offline. Maybe, Great photo maybe, shoots. Yeah. Maybe maybe on the pod uh, a few weeks ago, how they do, you know, they kind of caught our attention. They got a top 150 quarterback in Clarkson from, from St. John uh, Bosco. So right now they've got the number nine class nationally. A lot of that is because of they've, – well, they've got seven commitments. That's not a ton. Average player rating of 8.873. Last year they had the number 54 class. Average player rating of 8.626. They did hire recently in the offseason Wesley McGriff, who was at the Florida staff, well-traveled SEC recruiter. He's been at Ole Miss – um, he was at Vanderbilt for one year to James Franklin. I think he's been in Auburn, no, noted good recruiter. I don't know if Wesley McGriff is the reason they're getting these guys. But um, do you remember the Kentucky Recruiting Confidential that uh, Kyle Tucker did that was not kind to the Louisville staff and mm-hmm. um, Scott Satterfield? So it kind of shows you, you know, you can change momentum. And, they, they again, they I loved the Satterfield hire at Louisville. I great coach at App State, and I, they had a good first year there, and it looked like it was falling apart. And, you know, there's a long way to go before these 2023 guys can sign. Uh, but it just, again, it tells you how you can change momentum. Hey, and you're, you're Louisville, that in-state program, Kentucky, we talk about them all the time. They've got it going on. Ohio, in-state, they're kind of dominating in-state. So if you're Louisville, maybe you, you, you admit some defeats in-state and you, you go to California and get some kids. Yeah, I mean, if you're able to, uh, you know, pull those guys, absolutely. And Louisville's a cool place. And they've seemed to, their recruiting staff – um, is certainly on the ball. Like Ron Hodges, who you know I, I've known for a while now, did a really good job there. He just recently took a, a position at TCU, but 
you know, I think that what they did at Louisville, but based on just like what I see from a third, uh, you know, a, a 300,000 foot view is they made their visits fun. They made people feel included. They did cool things. They did the photo shoots. They got the cars. Like, I think people enjoyed going there or enjoy going there. And, you know, I think part of being a good recruiter is, is setting up an environment that people will look forward to and to enjoy. So, like, as the results continue to pile in, it it seems like Louisville has been a place that people have, uh, you know, started to cling to a little bit more. And, you know, it's in a winnable conference, and Louisville's a fun city. So, yeah, you know, and I, I, think don't, it has, I don't – It shares some of the geography, geographical advantages, too, that, that Kentucky has. And because it's, you know, we, we can debate it's a southern state. They always recruit Georgia and Florida, but it's very close. I mean, it's literally right on the river to Indiana and close to Ohio and not far from Michigan, Illinois. So I think Louisville has a sneaky good geography or footprint which it can recruit from. Would you agree? I agree, yeah. I mean, if, if Kentucky itself – and, like, listen, I haven't been to Louisville's uh, football building in many years, but Kentucky's building is insane. Like, their facilities are, like, top-notch. And, like, they have some investment in the program. They've paid Mark Stoops. They've paid his assistance. But if Kentucky can be the fifth best team in the SEC, Louisville can compete to win the ACC. And they have in the recent past. Yeah. And they also have, like, the greatest college football player of all time on their team. Right? Tim Tebow? Do you agree with that? Yeah. No, they, they've, they've shown, you know, they had. Do you agree that Lamar Jackson is the greatest football player of all time at no. the college level? You don't? No, I mean, I'd have to think about it some more, but one of the most exciting in the past 15 years, no doubt, I don't know if he's the best, but um, obviously did a great job elevating that program. Um, but yeah, Louisville is a is a program that has shown it can be very, very competitive. In a I mean, how long conference. ago was it? Seven years ago? Five years ago that Louisville was like in the playoff discussion? Yeah. Wait, was when was Lamar in college? Was it post-playoff? I, yeah. It wasn't before two. Like Louisville was like yeah. a top five team for like three straight years. Yeah, they were yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, again, clearly they've proven it, and they just had a little – things blew up at the end of the Bobby Petrino era, which seems to happen under Bobby Petrino, and I th- we think they made a good hire. It's been a little slow. Um, they've had some turnover on their staff, but, um, yeah, clearly a place you can win at. Okay, a couple more questions. Um, Ryan R., and I want to kind of ch- turn this question to something else, but it seems like Michigan and Notre Dame – have a hell of a lot of overlap and top targets on their board. How do you see the battle shaking out over the coming recruiting period? Uh, and you know, we, we have already talked about Dante Moore. I wanted to kind of, I don't know if we have an easy answer for this, but what programs other than obvious in-state conference foes, do you think really go up against each other a lot in, in Landis and Pete Sampson had a really interesting roundtable about how Ohio State and Notre Dame, especially in the 2023 class, have been butting heads a lot. But any two that come to mind that programs you maybe wouldn't think about that are recruiting each other a lot or that you've seen in, since you've been covering recruiting? I think USC and, and Oregon recruit against each other a lot. Texas and Texas A&M recruit against each other a lot. Yeah, it's um, an obvious one. Ohio State and Clemson are always in the yeah. same boat. Uh, Alabama, Florida. Georgia, Florida. Um, I'm trying to think. Every single Mac school recruits yes, against every other Mac about, school. They're all the same. Like, are, is he trying to to find ones that are? By out, the way, I made a mistake. Obvious? Evidently, Miami of Ohio is a public school. I thought it was private. Uh, yeah. Someone someone corrected me on Twitter. I it seems like a private school. Yeah, I my dad went there, so I'm surprised. Your dad went I, there. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. It's the Harvard of the Midwest. Yeah, Harvard of South uh, Western Ohio. Yeah. 
Um, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, right? Yeah. I mean, I when I lived in Ohio, I think I was in Oxford twice total in 10 years. Um, Is your dad a big Ben Roethlisberger fan? Yeah, huge, huge Seriously? Red Ox guy. No, he doesn't give a shit. Like, I, I think that, What is it with uh, you and your family? You guys don't give a crap about your alma maters. I mean, because they're not known for sports. Oh, Arizona's basketball team's just... Yeah, they're terrible. I can see what you mean. Yeah, I mean, I was so focused on being a journalist that I kind of put putting a fan to the side, but I... Gotcha. I had my bachelor party this past weekend, and my entire friend group from Arizona was coming into Vegas, and when they got their ass kicked by Houston on Thursday night, it kind of blew the yeah. wind out of our sails because we wanted to watch them together as a group. Um, Sorry, I didn't ask you about... I know you talked about your bachelor party with Andy on his pod. It's okay. It, everyone has one. Uh, I got drunk and was by the pool and gambled a lot. You know, ate good meals. So basically, time. a normal Tuesday for you. <laughs> no, I'm not much of a drinker unless I'm socially drinking, but was certainly a fun time. Uh, stadium swim at Circa is everything that people have cracked it up to be. An outdoor sports book where yeah, you can watch the games. Yeah, if you got $6,500 for Cabana, just... Well, right. divided by 10. You know, everybody yeah. knew knew the score. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was a fun time. Are you like making fun of my Cabana choice? No, I think it's great. I love the Cabana. Okay, because you kind of like mocked me there a little bit. I didn't like that. In fact, two years, uh, I've got a friend group that picks um, one Vanderbilt football road trip to go on every year just to get together. And I used to, when I was a sideline reporter for Vanderbilt, I used to just meet up with them because I'd be in that place and then I'd come back with the team on Sunday. But I haven't been able to go since I started The Athletic because I'm working college football Saturdays. But in two years, Vanderbilt plays at UNLV. And so I'm already going to ask for that weekend off. Um, and I'll need some pointers from you on where to stay. How about that? Have you never been to Vegas? I've been once, and I was like 25, so it's been a long time. I liked Have it. Have you ever been in the western coast of the country? Yeah, I've been to Seattle twice. I've been to San Francisco twice. I've been to L.A., and I've been to Hawaii. And I've been to Is Tucson. Hawaii the west coast? Well, it's, it's west. I've been to Tucson, Arizona for, for five days. It's glorious. You got, you, got a lot, you got a lot to see, bud. I'll hey, help you out with your Vegas trip. I spent, I spent all my travels around the, uh, the SEC. All right, yeah. uh, one more question, and then we are going to hit trivia. David B. has maybe the best question ever on this podcast in your mailbag. Do stars matter? It depends on if you're asking Jimmy Lake or if you're asking the national champion Kirby Smart. I don't know. Pick okay. No need to answer. I know your answer to that question. I just the show was called a, Stars Matter. It was, it, I thought, I, it was. I think he was mocking me, though. Yeah, no. Nah, I think he just wanted a hug. He wanted to like, okay. Yeah, I, th I thought he was like baiting <laughs> me a little bit, but. Think so? Okay, trivia time. Let's okay. go. How are, you, how are you feeling? Last week I had a really good answer, so I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. All Depends right. on how insane it is. Some of the questions are impossible to answer. I got my dad here. I didn't really form a question out of it. So let me, um, number one player in the 247 composite over the last 20 years. How many different states are represented by mm. that? And name the six states that have multiple number one players in the past 20 years. Okay, so so the total number could only be 21, right? So No, 20. Oh, 20. That's 20 years. How could there be oh. 21? Oh, sorry. I thought you meant since the beginning of recruiting. Okay. No. So number um, one player in the composite. How many different states have had a number one player? In how many states have had multiple number okay, one players? Okay, 13. Close. 11. Wait, I, I'm doing the math, uh, and it, that would mean like the other six. Okay, so can I do Can I do it? 
Well, I mean, I just told were you listening. Okay, so eleven. You. So another six, six, six states that have multiple. Not necessarily. I thought that's what you said. Which teams? So thirteen was the guess. Eleven was the answer. So I was yeah. on track there a little bit. Yeah. Now the second part of the question is how many states have had multiple? Yeah. Um, Texas has had multiple, right? Texas had two, correct. Uh, Florida, I'm assuming, has had multiple. Incorrect. Florida's had one. Okay. California's had no, multiple. Just, just, just so you know, well, I'll go over this because it, it will give one away. California has had three. Okay. So I'll say four states have had two. Three states have had three, and three states have had two. Okay. Is Georgia one? Yes. Georgia's had three, and one of Georgia's was Nolan Smith, who is listed on 247 as Florida because he went to IMG, but he's from Georgia. Okay. So how'd you count it? As Georgia? Georgia. Georgia. He's from Georgia. And Texas, I assume, has had three? Two. California has had how many? and Adrian Peterson. California has had three. Um, Jalen Phillips. Is there like a weird state in there somewhere? Is Louisiana one of them? It'll make sense once you... I think it'll make... Now, you probably forgot about one of these guys. Louisiana? Louisiana, all three are from New Orleans. How about yeah. that? Arch okay. Manning, uh, um, Leonard Fournette, and Joe McKnight. Unfortunately, two of the players have passed away. Um, Alabama? No, Alabama has one. Andre Smith, offensive lineman. Um, so you're missing two states that have two. Uh, oh, uh, New Jersey. Rashawn Gary? Rashawn Gary and... Here's a, I mean, I totally remember this guy, but a little off the board. Went to Virginia. Eugene Monroe. Interesting. Okay. I'm trying to think of like an off the beat state. Because I know Jadavion Clowney was a yes. South Carolina. Very good. I don't you're, know if there's another one. You're on the right path. Is it South Carolina? Yes. Daquan Bowers is the other one. Oh, yeah. Bowers. Okay. So and did then, I get all of them? Yeah. So we've got time. It's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. 2004, Adrian Peterson, Texas. 2005, Eugene Monroe, New Jersey. 2006, Andre Smith, Alabama. 07, McKnight, Louisiana. 2008, Daquan Bauer, South Carolina. 2009, Matt Barkley, California. 2010, Ronald Powell, California. For some reason, I thought he was from Philadelphia. But um, 2011, Jadavian Clowney, South Carolina. 12, Dorio Green Beckham from Missouri. 13, Robert Kimdiche, Georgia. 14, Fournette, New Orleans, Louisiana. 15, a random one. We've talked about him before. Trenton Thompson from Georgia. 16, Rashawn Gary, New Jersey. 17, Jalen Phillips, California. 18, Trevor Lawrence, Georgia. 19, Nolan Smith, Georgia. 20, Brian Brisset, Maryland. 21, Quinn Ewers, Texas. 22, Travis Hunter, Florida. And 23, Arch Manning, Louisiana. Or was Trevor Hunter? Did I get Travis Hunter wrong? Is he from Georgia? I mean, he's his high school was in Jacksonville. Okay, then okay, then I'm right. I'm just surprised that uh, Travis Hunter. Wait, Travis Hunter's from Georgia. Yeah, okay, I got that wrong. So Georgia has four. And yeah, he's from Sewanee, Georgia, Collins Hill. Yeah, that. Uh, so Florida has none. Imagine that. That is crazy. That would so be an interesting stat. Yeah. yeah. A little bit, you know. You know, I, I was random. on the, not to plug another podcast, but I was on the Solid Verbal earlier today, and a really interesting uh, 
anecdote that Dan Rubenstein, one of their hosts, said was that quarterbacks from the Midwest who go to high school in the Midwest have seemed to not succeed at college, like the high-level Midwestern quarterbacks. Like now we were talking about Dante Moore. And obviously Joe Burrow is from the Midwest, and he is who he is. But it would be very interesting to add up where the quarterbacks were from and figure out like if there is like a Midwestern quarterback problem. Interesting. You could, you know, obviously look it up. A lot of it's subjective. I, I want I you to look it this, up. I started this because I was come. It seemed like none of the guys were from the West Coast, and I was going to do West of the Mississippi, but three are from New Orleans, and technically New Orleans is West of the Mississippi. It's like I'm also very bad at geography, so yeah. I probably would have gotten that wrong. Right, it's on the Mississippi, so it's it's West of the Mississippi. But of all these, there's none between. Louisiana and California geography, like none from. There's not a lot of the not a huge population base, yeah. obviously. Um, so, all right, that was a good question, and I, I didn't embarrass myself. So that's no, good. and I got one wrong too. So you were kind yeah, of yeah, and you didn't. It. You were actually writing it down, and you got it wrong. Yeah. So not so. our fine, not not our finest hour there. So yeah. Well, I thought that was a good show. Uh, thanks so much, everybody, for listening to the latest edition of Stars Matter. Um, Mitch and I will be back with you next week. Take care. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.